Hello and welcome to the Pals Anime Lounge, a podcast where a bunch of pals get together to talk about anime. I'm your host Ace, and joining me are Arturo. Hello everyone. And Gozagos. Hello. In today's episode we're talking about Atelier, Riser, Ever Darkness, and The Secret Hideout, aka Riser no Atelier, Tokoyami no Jo Tohimitsu no Kakuriga. Kakurega. A series that's only a handful of episodes in. Since this is based on a video game, we've decided to cover it using the three-episode rule, like we did during season one of this very podcast. Like previous podcasts about new shows, I won't be as detailed in opsis, so do check out the anime if we've piqued your interest. It was produced by Leiden Films, the studio behind Tokyo Revengers, the three new initial D, the movies, and the 2016 version of Berserk. Atelier Riser, Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout currently has a My Animalist score of 6.23. It's based on the game of the same name, developed by Gust and published by Koei Tecmo in 2019 and released for Switch, PS4 and PC. My synopsis is, a farmer's daughter longs for a life away from the island and will drag her friends along whether they want to or not. Hatsura, what do you have? I love yours. (laughs) Um, when this is the story of our adventurers Riza and the three brats as they follow their dream throughout the anime. Nice. Girls? Life in a bonfuck nowhere is too slow for Riza and her friends, so they go on an adventure to find their own paths in life. But what the herb is an atelier anyway? Fair. <laughs> right. Uh, as I said, this isn't going to be as detailed as certain other shows, so... I don't have quite as many notes as usual. You two will be happy to learn. The first episode opens on the island of Kirken in the village of Rashaboden with Rizalina Stout, nicknamed Riza, thankfully, narrating as she runs to a clifftop. We get the titles with an alright song set to some decent animation, though shots of Riza's thighs are in healthy supply. Yeah, they got her stupid run just right. And do the anime. Her famous run. Yes, yes, they did. Ah, so good adaptation. Great, now we know. <laughs> Spoilers. I mean, that's the most important part about this to get her run right. Because <laughs> it's so iconic. We open back on Riza harvesting Kirken fruit and lamenting it, as she's a farmer's daughter who hates farming. She blags off doing any work by saying she needs to go to the fairy stone forest, but gets sent on an errand by her mother. She bumps into her friends Tao, who's a huge nerd, and Lent, who's a jock, and they go to a store run by Mr. Fresher. Fresher tells them about a merchant who's opening up shop and comes from Gasp off the island. They make a big thing of that. Riser starts to get ideas, not wanting to be stuck on the island forever, and later decides that the three of them are leaving the island the next day. So they meet up the next day and head into town to steal a boat. However, Agatha, some kind of law enforcer, is clearly heading in the same direction, so they go somewhere else instead. At a beach, Riser and her friends steal a rowboat. They, they do say borrow, and honestly, I'm... Not sure how well they would have done with a bigger boat with just the three of them. I mean, to be fair, I like I was really surprised they kept using the word borrow because you know it was it was obviously not borrowed. And if they died, who's gonna return it? You know. 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, elsewhere at another beach, Agatha is, uh, I want to say, greeting people. The geography of this island and the other island slash mainland isn't well established, like even towards the end of the third episode. So I, I apologize for my terminology. I was very confused. Like, are they on the island now? Are they on another island? Is the island separated by like a river or something? Is that what they call an island? Because they seem to be getting back and forth between islands really easily. Yeah, it's made out to be this big, big adventure, but all they do is cross a lake. <laughs> I, I think it's like it's uh, made like a big deal by like the old fox in town who say, "Oh, you can't leave the island. You can't break the tradition." But it's like you can you can see the guy on the other on the other coast. Like from your house window, you can wave at him and he sees you. But no, you can't go to this other island, that fuck that's waving at me. That's a stupid fucking fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was also really surprised by their capability to see really far away. She was like, we're going to cross the island and go to that tower. And then they show the island and then suddenly it just zooms in and then zooms in more. And Sim said one more time, just for good measure, and we see the tower just perfectly. She said something like it's shining or something. So I assume that's how they know it's there, but it's not on the footage that we were given. No, it, in fact, when it first shows us, oh, the tower is over there, you can't see the tower until it starts to zoom in. It's like, they know the tower is there, they know where to look for the tower, but they, it's not visible. But anyway, uh, Agatha is, I managed to work out after writing this note, Agatha has crossed the lake and is speaking to the merchant caravan um, owner. And shortly after arrival, the caravan owner's daughter, Lady Claudia, um, has gone missing, as apparently she likes doing. Two people who had accompanied the caravan, and I assumed were siblings, overheard and decided to see if locating Claudia was a paying gig. Meanwhile, Riza and her buddies were lost in a forest, and finding the remains of an old road, decide to follow it. After a montage, they've lost track of the road, but collide, quite literally, with Lady Claudia, who is being chased by some cute goo ball or monster things. A, I've put this in quotes, fight ensues before they leg it, before introducing themselves to one another. Riza decides that saving a girl from monsters constitutes an adventure, so they should go home, but they're lost. Hours later, they're assaulted by pixies and are rescued by the siblings who escort them to a dilapidated cabin a short distance away to heal Lent. And then the cabin doesn't appear again, so I really should have deleted that note. I figured it was going to play a bigger part. The brother, question mark, explains that he's an alchemist and not a magician like Riza had assumed, and that captures her imagination. Back at the beach, they get chewed out by Agatha, and Claudia also gets told off by her father before they head back to the island. The siblings finally get names. Empel is the alchemist, and Lila is the bodyguard. And on the island, we meet Moritz Brunen, the unofficial mayor whose mansion is built on a hill where the fresh water comes from, so he is 
quote-unquote, in charge. We also meet the school bullies, Boss and his henchman Lumber. I mean, they're not in school, but they basically are school bullies. <sighs> played, played up that way anyway. Who complain at Riza and her friends for delaying the merchant caravan. The next day, the three meet up to go see Emple and Lila, where they ask to be taught fighting, reading, an ancient book, and how to be an alchemist. They agree, eventually, and Riza leaves to find a herb and returns with far more than required. And Empel demonstrates synthesizing in an alchemy pot. And of course, Riza is able to replicate it. And then we get the end credits with a better song than the opening, but a distracting amount of fan service. The second episode opens with Riza having just set up an alchemy pot of her own. And then we get the title credits before Riser harvests some fruit from her father's farm, before having a flashback to getting a book on beginner recipes from Empel. Why did Empel take the book with him when he intended on just looking at ruins the whole time? My thought was just, it's kind of like a recipe book, and you're like, but what if I end up forgetting like a fucking idiot, so you just end up taking it, you know? It's kind of like continuously opening the staff handbook in Game Grand. Yeah, I think your uh, your uh, theory is more plausible. I was going to say that he went to the store and got one. Yeah, this this but but people village on the out silent in the can't, Yeah, yeah, they can't read. I mean, <laughs> yeah, or maybe, if you go or by maybe the subtitles, they, or maybe they can. Like, maybe they have their own language. I don't know. If you take the subtitles literally, then yeah, they can't read. Uh, Riser leaves the farm to find more ingredients. Meanwhile, Lint is drawing a map, having been told to understand terrain before he could be trained properly, and Tao is looking for a book, which turns out to be an encyclopedia. I figured it was going to be a dictionary. The encyclopedia is better. I like how his re- reaction to Tao was just like, go teach yourself. <laughs> He's teaching me how to read by making me read this book. Unable to locate the right flower, Riser improvises, and it explodes in her face. Lent and Tao arrive and talk about how well their things are going before they are joined by Claudia. Claudia mentions that the flower that Riser needs is on the other island, mainland, whatever, so they plan to go to the other... they plan to go there to find it. Uh, Empel grants permission for Riser to go, and Lila tells Lent that he can also go, and they force Tao to go too. Now, now, don't forget the reasoning. Go on. Well, they can't leave the island unless it's all three. Don't really ask me why, because Tao really apports nothing to this party. And that's with the most respect because I love him. But, like, he's more of a burden than an actual, <laughs> <laughs> an actual help here. I know, he has eyes. They find the flowers, and a large monster that the Protector lent should have seen, uh, but they manage to escape. Riser starts to make the potion that she'd been trying to, and hallucinates quite vividly, but is successful. (laughs) (coughs) She uses the, the cream that she's created to heal a kid's grazed knee, and the episode ends. The third episode opens with Empel giving Riza a staff to stir her pot. 
because she's been using a stick with a hinge and a flail. After the titles, Riza has to do an errand for her mum again, and it really annoys me how reluctant Riza is to do anything for her parents. Like, I have teenagers. <laughs> Here's the thing, I, I, I do see where you're coming from, but Riza's mother is so dreadful. Like, she's horrible. There's no need for an antagonist. You have her right there. <laughs> Riza, do some work. Oh, I am doing work. No. You're going off to play. Oh, can you can you please take this to this place? Oh God! Like, come on, Riza, help! Frankly, Arthur has a point. She is the closest to an antagonist that we have so far. Well, Riza does not want to deliver this box to this person, and yet later in the episode, she will spend days trying to find a flower. For someone else. But the mother. It's it's just the mother. God, I hate the mother. <laughs> anyway. Frankly, the parents were like, uh, assuming that Riza uh, never did anything. The parents are doing pretty well. They have like a field of potatoes or grapes it was wheat, or whatever but... they are. They have yeah. the, the, the taste. They have a field of them, and Ryza never did anything, and they still want Ryza to do shit for them. Like, come on, you have this figured out. Let her do her own thing. They're they're getting older, they need help. Ace, you automatically lose because Ryza's the protagonist, okay? So let's just move on. Ryza will figure out the alchemy to, like, grow crops instantly. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Ryza meets Claudia... And they decide to meet up again after she has run the errand. And then she goes to a tailor where she's delivering this fruit. And he mentions that he needs fabric. So Riza decides she's going to create fabric with alchemy. That's not how that works. I mean, I was surprised at the huge leap of logic. I was like, oh, okay, that, okay that's possible then. I, I, I'm sorry. You, uh, like toss a vial into a pot of water and you toss a herb in and then you stir it and then you have a vial full of potion or whatever materializing midair, but you can't make fabric. No, she hallucinates and does that while she fugue state. She doesn't know she's just opened up a vial. She's filled it with this liquid. She's stoppered it and, oh, it just came out with magic. No, you did it while you are in it. Vegetative state. Admittedly, it is kind of silly that I'm putting problems, you know, about this when there have been so many ludicrous things, but that's besides the point. Anyway, at Claudia's house, Riza finds out that Claudia always snuck off to play the flute, and that's what she was doing when she got attacked in the first episode. Uh, she doesn't say why her dad doesn't like her doing it. She's a, he, he's a saxophone guy. <laughs> After speaking to a random adult, um, Riza meets with Empel to ask for permission to go looking for a random flower. He agrees, but only if Lila goes to supervise Lent, so they leave the island and eventually find the flower before immediately returning to the random adult. Like, there's other stuff, there's a goat, and like none of that matters. <laughs> what, have goats never guided you to where you need to go? To the one flower that looks like the flower that I'm after? No. 
Oh, must be a third world country sort of thing. Sorry. I feel like they implied that some that they controlled the goat remotely. Oh, is that what they were to? Right. Okay. Yeah, because Empel says to Claudia, "Oh, you can help in other ways." And then this random goat shows up and then buggers off. It's like, well, well, Claudia hasn't helped then. It was a goat. And and he pulls out our remote control. I got this from my friend Elon. It can control goats. You know Elon, the the guy behind X? The guy behind X. X, Elon. Yeah, okay. Unfortunately, it's not the exact same flower because it doesn't spell as strongly. The next day, Claudia had an idea. So they go to see the tailor, delivering the fabric that Riser made with alchemy. I said incredulously. Uh, since he smells like flowers, they realize that it was him who sent the flower to the random adult, but he doesn't have any of the incense that he used. So Riser asks Empel to help make it, and she hallucinates again. After delivering the incense to the random adult, Riza and Claudia go somewhere discreet, and Claudia plays her flute while the credits play. And that's the end of the episode. Do you think that, like you say, she hallucinates, so do you think during those sequences she, like, claps her, both her hands together and touches the floor and the thing appears? No, not that kind of alchemy. I made the same joke to my wife and she didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I thought that's what Ace was thinking, that... That's the real alchemy, not this shit. They don't hallucinate in that show. Oh, they they don't hallucinate there, but this they hall- yeah okay. What if what if Full Metal Alchemist was like in in reality they were just standing there in front of each other holding test tubes. Here, take my alchemy. Wah! Full Metal Atelier Riser. What if Alchemy and Full Metal Alchemist worked like in Atelier Riser? Then that basement scene would have played out very differently. <clears throat> so, was this a good adaptation? I mean, I watched the game, not all of it, obviously, but I watched quite a bit, and it seems to follow the same story. Like, basically, word for word. Rises inseparable, forces her friends into breaking tradition, nearly gets everyone killed, you know the issue. So I'd say, yeah, maybe to follow the two. Well, a producer of um, Rise, I believe the, the character or this latest game, was recently quoted as saying some something along the lines of, I didn't know people would find her attractive, but... Uh, the, the the animators clearly knew which parts of Riser to focus on. And we are ever thankful for that. I mean, what? The direct quote is, In this case, the setting is that she's a farmer's daughter, but then we thought, well, a skirt and farming, that doesn't go well together. We don't really want their underwear showing as well, so we decided to go with the short shorts. The other aspect is that because it's summer, that's the theme, so that's how we come up with the design. So surprisingly, a lot of people are paying attention to her thighs. We didn't create her with the intention of her thighs being the key point, but a lot of people seem to be really. Our approach was to make a cute character without any sexual innuendo whatsoever. Everyone sort of looks at her as sort of being sexy, and that's completely not how we look at her, so that really caught us by surprise. I mean, to be honest, like, 
having having seen seen a lot of like anime art and anime characters, like I didn't find her to be particularly attractive. But I, people have fetishes, so like yeah, people like her thighs. <laughs> so like, there's like ten. Nine eight centimeter centimeters of her thighs are exposed. That's someone's fetish, and it turns out that's a lot of people's fetish. <laughs> we should probably stop talking about this. You know, it's breaking the law. In certain countries, it is yes. <laughs> Good. I mean, I mean, it's skirting skirting the 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 borders. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, based on the first three episodes, is it a Yata, Nani, or Aibaka, Artura? Okay, for me, it's kind of like a Nani treading the line to Baka. Don't get me wrong, I love the the visuals. I find it interesting, kind of, that the story kind of interesting. But, oh my god, is the, are the characters unlovable sometimes? Like, Rice is annoying, the mother's annoying, the mother, the mother... Sorry. <laughs> um, so it's kind of difficult to justify actually continuing to watch, but it is pretty good. Like, I, I'm more inclined to just play the game, is what this actually made me want to do, because, like, maybe that way they'll talk less. <laughs> it's using the same voice actors, so I hope you didn't mind the voices. <laughs> girls and girls, what about you? Uh, it, it was a yata for me. I uh, I enjoyed a li- the little subversion that it's uh, it's it's kind it's kind of uh, you'd expect this uh, this typical story this going on adventure and stuff but it's more slice of life kind of a finding your own path in the world rather than going on adventure and killing monsters saving the world. I mean, if it was about killing monsters, they failed in the first three episodes. I mean, but like yeah, the slimes were so cute. That th- that's kind of I-, I never played the game, but that was kind of an impression that I got that it's not really a typical GRPG going on a mission, revenge, saving the world, something. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm, I'm more, more character-driven than that. Okay, for me, it was a Yata. It had decent animation. It's well-voiced. It, it looks like it'll be a decent anim- adaptation. So uh, will you continue watching Riser, Atelier Riser Darkness? Will you continue watching Atelier Riser Ever Darkness and The Secret Hideout, Artura? Probably not, for that matter. I'm going to likely play the game. It's totally not in my wish list. <laughs> and goes? Uh, I might. Uh, I, I I might look at the game. Uh, that might be like an alternative. But yeah, uh, I would be interested in seeing where this story goes. Uh, for, yeah, probably not until it gets a dub. Uh, if it doesn't get a dub, uh, probably not watch it. And that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for joining me, Artura and Ghost Ghost. Thank you so much for having us. Goodbye.
Thank you for listening to the Pals Enemy Lounge, and better yet, thank you for subscribing wherever you found this episode. Unless that's on Stitcher, because Stitcher is closing down, so you need to find us somewhere else. You can find more from us on GameGreen.com, find us on social media, or listen to the Greencast podcast. Until next time. Yeah, like the X. (laughs) Until next time, game on.